This podcast is sponsored by Ball in Maidstone, your brand new luxury sports and gaming bar with American pool, table tennis, beer pong, live sports, delicious food and bottomless brunches. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. Hope you're okay. It's Friday, February the 4th coming up. How long does it take you to get a GP appointment? We have some staggering stats on the number of doctors in the county. Plus, hear from the Gillingham captain ahead of this weekend's game. But first, a man accused of murdering a missing mum of two from Sissinghurst has been charged with another murder. Mark Brown, who's 40 and from Squirrel Close in St Leonard's on Sea in East Sussex, has appeared in court today. Well, Jamie joins me now with more details on what happened. Jamie. Well, Nicola, you may remember Alexandra Morgan was last seen at a petrol station not far from her home on the morning of Remembrance Sunday last year. Police carried out extensive searches for the 34-year-old, but later confirmed they believed she'd been murdered. Her body has never been found, although her car was recovered. Today, Mark Brown appeared via video link at Lewis Crown Court to enter a plea after being charged with her murder. He spoke only to confirm his name and make his plea of not guilty. However, his legal team told the judge his defence would be her death was an accident and he would admit to trying to dispose of her body. And details of a further charge were revealed. That's right. He's also accused of killing 33-year-old Leah Ware from Hastings on or around the 7th of May last year. That's six months before Alexandra went missing. In December, police revealed she hadn't been in contact with her family for some time and they were becoming increasingly concerned. Brown will be back in court on March the 25th to enter another plea. Jamie, thank you ever so much elsewhere today. Ten people are due to go on trial in October, accused of murdering a 25-year-old man in Tunbridge Wells. Zovan Pepper was found stabbed on Cayley Road in December. Eight of the suspects, including a 17-year-old, have denied murder, manslaughter and being part of a conspiracy to rob him of cannabis plants. Two others are expected to be charged with murder later this month. A Canterbury teenager who was involved in violence which left a German student brain damage has been locked up. Charlie Golding was initially given a suspended sentence after Daniel Ezzedine was attacked in the city in 2019. But the 18-year-old from Kemsing Gardens has now been sent to a young offenders institution for two years following a fight at the Fenwick department store last September. Kent Online News. More than 1,300 people have signed a petition calling for a school crossing patrol person to monitor a zebra crossing following the death of a schoolboy in Norfleet. The 11-year-old who's been named locally as Simon was hit by a minibus on Vale Road near Norfleet Technology College on Wednesday. A teenage boy who was also a pedestrian was arrested on suspicion of manslaughter and bailed. A parent has set up the campaign asking for someone to assist children across the road. A Canterbury school says two of its pupils were approached by a man while they were waiting to be picked up after a club. Simon Langton Girls Grammar told parents in an email that the person was in a red car. The school also says students don't have to wait outside on the pavement as it's still open for them. Two year groups at a Kent school have been told to stay at home meantime because of Covid staff shortages. Year 9 and Year 10 pupils at Forston Manor in Sittingbourne are doing home learning instead. The head teacher there says more than 
a fifth of staff are having to isolate after testing positive for coronavirus. While there has been a rise in the number of people in hospital with COVID as well, 367 patients were being treated in the county on Tuesday. That's up from 338 the week before. Latest figures also show COVID deaths have increased from 29 to 42 in the space of a week as cases continue to rise. And staying with health news, startling new figures given to the Kent Online podcast show that Kent and Medway has the lowest ratio of GPs to patients in the country. There are just 39 GPs per 100,000 patients. That's compared to an average of 60 across the UK. Well, Dr Jack Jacobs is a GP from Ashford and says it's a real challenge. There is now a real recognition uh, that we need to do more to attract not just GPs, but healthcare staff across the board. And there's no doubt that having uh, better training gives optimism. Well, this was the topic of conversation on the lowdown on our Facebook Live last night. Jessica Tuffield from Gravesend was a guest on the programme and spoke about the extreme measures she went to to be seen. In 2016, I had a chest infection um, and I was, you know, I was young. Um, I had that mentality of, look, I'll be all right. I'll just leave it. Um, I was working all the time, wanted to earn the money. Um, and I, I left it. So I deteriorated at a rapid speed. Um, now, when it got to the point of I knew I needed to seek help, I needed to see my GP. Um, and this was in the uh, March of 2016. Um, I rang and I begged and I begged and I begged for a GP appointment um, because I personally I didn't think well I need to ring 999 I don't need to ring 111 I just need to see my GP this is a chest infection um, I just need to see her um, no appointments available so what I did was I actually drove myself to my GP practice um, without having the appointment um, and when I walked in the receptionist, I'll never forget it, she looked at me and she went, I'll go and get your GP. Um, my GP came out and I could just see on the by the look on her face, I wasn't I wasn't okay, I wasn't right, something was severely wrong. Um and without my GP and by seeing my GP, I dread to think. I, I dread to think if I hadn't have been able to get that not even that appointment, but to to have that physical contact with her and her seeing how unwell I was. We all know that with sepsis, there is a 12-hour time frame. Um, if you do not have that medical help, um, the antibiotics, it's lethal. Um, so, yeah, I, I was then blue-lighted to hospital and I had sepsis um, um, and I was in hospital between two to three weeks. Scary stuff there from Jessica. You can still watch that episode in full by heading to our socials. And we've also been asking on Facebook how long it takes you to get a GP appointment. Let's have a look at what some of you have had to say. Well, Elsa Lane says, over three weeks of phoning up just to get through on the phone to be told no appointments. Kept trying and finally got one. It got cancelled. Went in when I could try and get seen as it was urgent. Still no appointments. Ended up having to tell the receptionist out of desperation what it was for in front of a queue of people so they knew it was was urgent. My own private worries and health info broadcast for everyone to hear. 
bit humiliating. Marie Smith has said, can't get to see a doctor, not seen one for nearly two years. And when you do get through on the phone, you have to tell a receptionist why you want to speak to a doctor. There are things you just want to tell a doctor, not a receptionist. Then how can they tell you what's wrong without seeing you? You could end up with the wrong medication. Sam Knight has said, well, for Snodland, if it's for a child between 24 and 72 hours, depending on the problem, but as an adult, anywhere from three to eight weeks, unless they have no appointments in that time period. And that's from her personal experience. Finally, some more positive news from Harry Chapman, who says, I've been very critical of GPs during the pandemic, but I phoned last week expecting the usual phone back tomorrow at 8am. Sorry, the GP isn't doing face-to-face appointments. But what a surprise, phoned at 8.45 that morning and got a face-to-face appointment at 10.20 the same morning. Well, you can continue to leave your comments. Just head to the Daily Question on our Facebook. The Kent Online Podcast with Ballin Maidstone. Seven Oaks councillor Anna Firth has been elected MP of South End West, holding the seat for the Conservatives following the death of Sir David Amos. You may remember the by-election was triggered after he was stabbed to death while meeting constituents last October. Labour and the Lib Dems didn't put any candidates forward. Anna took 86% of the vote and paid tribute to her predecessor. Sir David was a truly exceptional MP. He was a friend to all, and he had a huge impact on everyone who lives here. Two men have been arrested in Gravesend after police found jewellery dumped in a bin. The suspects were reportedly seen rummaging through a bag of items and kept some before getting rid of the rest behind a wall in Queen Street. The 34 and 42-year-olds have been released while investigations continue. 670 tonnes of recycling in Canterbury had to be sent to landfill last year, all because the wrong items were put in bins. Residents have been warned to take more care, with rubbish collectors refusing to empty contaminated loads. Well, it's thought the contaminated rubbish cost the council more than £60,000. A campaign is also being launched to reduce the impact on the environment. An Indian restaurant in Maidstone has been given a one-star rating for food hygiene. The Spice Hut in Brewer Street was found to be unclean and didn't have a food management system in place. Inspectors visited the restaurant in September last year and found a dirty fridge and sink, as well as damaged floor tiles and mouldy sealant. We have asked the restaurant restaurant for a comment. The Kent Online podcast has been told that climate change is having a noticeable and real impact on nature in the county, with spring bulbs blooming much earlier than normal. In fact, you may have spotted some daffodils around and about. Well, global temperatures are continuing to rise and researchers have noticed blossoms on trees and flowers a month early. And while it might look pretty, experts are warning it's something we have to be very aware of. Morris Hankinson is the chief exec of Hope's Grove Nurseries in Tenterden and he's been speaking to Jamie. I've been running the nursery for 30 years now and every year you see it more and more. Um, Autumn comes later, spring comes earlier, plants can't um, adapt quickly enough so they're flowering at funny times, they're coming into growth at the wrong time. So yeah, it's, it's real, it's noticeable. And what impact, you know, does climate change have on the wider ecosystem when we're looking at examples like this? I think the the big things are when plants and trees flower. And then if they flower at the wrong time, perhaps the pollinating insects aren't there to fertilise them and the plants don't make seeds or they don't set fruit 
which is important obviously for crop plants because we eat them as well as all other kinds of animals in the food chain. Um, yeah, the effects are very profound, definitely, definitely. I was going to say on that as well, you know, over the coming years, if this trend continues, will we see, you know, in, in day-to-day life, a more noticeable difference of food and seed production, you know, falling out of sync? Quite possibly. I mean, you know, numbers of some species are in decline. If they then crash, we're not going to have bees and things to pollinate our fruit trees and crops. Yeah, it's not happened yet, but it could be heading that way. You know, I don't want to be too negative, but it's it's a real problem. And what is it actually that's causing plants to flower earlier? It is, it's got to be climate change. You know, I made a couple of notes before I came on and, uh, you know, we, we sell a lot of bare root trees in the winter and those young trees are grown in the ground. When the leaves fall off in the autumn, we start selling them when they're sleeping over the winter and we sell them right through normally until the end of April when spring comes and they have leaves on them again. And what we're finding now is when we should be starting in November, sometimes we're having temperatures of 20, 22 degrees. It makes our job more difficult. Kent Online reports. Works underway to build a £47 million business park near Maidstone. The site will offer unit spaces on the Ashford Road at Junction 8 off the M20. Construction's due to be completed by the summer with room for more than 1,000 employees. Now, we're being asked to have our say on how £20 million could be spent to improve swale. The council's putting in a bid for money as part of the government's levelling up scheme. We've talked about this quite a bit on the podcast this week, where they want to use it on a new indoor swimming pool and leisure facilities, plus expanding Sheppey College and creating new studio space at Masters House. A public consultation's running for the next three weeks. Meantime, time is running out to see the masts of Sheppey's famous sunken bomb ship. The SS Richard Montgomery running ground in 1944 loaded with wartime explosives where the top of the ship is still visible however because of safety concerns the three rusting masts need to be cut down captain alan harmer has been taking curious sightseers to the wreck on his historic ex-pilot boat and has been telling us how the accident happened harbour master at the time queen's harbour master it was called operated at Safin pier um, set him sort of wrong anchorage and he grounded and broke his back and half the cargo, roughly half the cargo was unloaded, but it was wartime and they gave up on the, uh, the rest of it and uh, hoped that someone would sort it out after the war because that was never done. And now it's um, got to a dangerous situation. So what type of people uh, come on board? I, you, you tell me that there's a few um, TV crews? I would, say, I would say photographers. We cater very much for semi, semi-professional, semi-serious photographers. That, that we, that's our main thing. I mean, if you go down to our lower deck, you'll see how literally we've got our art gallery down there with all the, with the people that we take out. A stowaway gecko has survived a journey from China to Kent miraculously in a box of musical instruments. The tiny reptile, nicknamed Thin Lizard by RSPCA staff, was discovered in a delivery package in Maidstone after being sealed in an ocean shipping container in October. The charity is now looking to find him a specialist home. And a luxury hotel on the outskirts of Canterbury is going to host a food and music festival this summer. Supergrass are due to headline the event at the Pig in Bridge. It'll 
will happen over two days in August, with up to 3,000 people expected to be there. Kent Online Sport. Football and Gillingham will be hoping to make it two wins from two under new manager Neil Harris as they travel to Ipswich Town this weekend. They got their first league win in 15 matches on Tuesday night after beating relegation rivals Crew Alexandra. Captain Stuart O'Keefe says the new management have been great. They've been, been fantastic. They've, they've been in the building obviously a short time and and the things they've put in place and the information they've given us has been outstanding and um, there's no stone unturned and you know I think we'll only we'll only learn and get better as a group and like I say move up the table and see where we're at come the summer. To get positive positive results straight away was uh, was fantastic and we're looking to take that on. We owe it to ourselves as well and we owe it to the fans to go there and put in a proper shift, a proper performance and, and give ourselves and, and the fans something to be proud about and something positive to, uh, to put right after, after that, that last result against them. Challenge, yeah, but I think it's a positive challenge. You know, you're going to a, a big stadium with a big, big crowd against a team with a big budget who obviously will expect to be looking to get out of this league sooner rather than later. Um, so for us, it's obviously a massive challenge, um, one that we're looking forward to. You know, I think Tuesday will help. Uh, we've got... Like I say, that, that, that win off our back now, we can go there and, and, and have a sort of, not a free hit because we need to get points on the board, but also the fact that the pressure will be on them, the fans will, will obviously get on their back if it's not going the way they expect it to. Um, so for us, it's one that, yes, a challenge, but one that we're definitely looking forward to. Well, avoiding the drop from League One won't be easy as they're still second from bottom and nine points from safety. Tomorrow's opponents are up in ninth. Kickoff will be at three. And of course, you can follow the match action at Kent Online. You can also hear reaction to the result in bulletins on our sister radio station, KMFM, on Sunday morning. An all-female officiating team have taken charge of a Southern Counties East League game for the first time. Referee Beth Archer, with assistants Alison Wade and Esther Perry, made history when Sutton Athletic hosted Tower Hamlets in the Challenge Cup. You can see a picture of the three of them at Kent Online. And the Winter Olympics are officially underway in Beijing. Matt Weston from Tunbridge Wells will be making his debut in the skeleton competition next Thursday. The 24-year-old heads to the Games as the ninth-ranked slider in the world just two years after making his World Cup debut. Later on in the month, Taylor Lawrence from Thanet competes in the bobsleigh. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can, of course, follow us on Facebook Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Plus, you can get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site. Just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. Hope you have a fantastic weekend. We'll be back with the podcast on Monday. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Ball in Maidstone, your brand new luxury sports and gaming bar with American pool, table tennis, beer pong, live sports, delicious food and bottomless brunches.